This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. What legendary or almost legendary coach do you believe will retire today? 877-881-1053. Yesterday, we got... Pete Carroll, then Nick Saban. This morning, Bill Belichick. Who do you think will be next to retire? I want to know that on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassick, and Alec Medford. I don't know if you want or need a platform to respond, but Russell Mania was taking some shots at you this morning. I don't know why. We clearly did nothing to start this. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, uh, you know, igniting a fire that doesn't exist. But I didn't listen. It was at 640. So, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I uh, I would like to go on record and say that I listen to all segments at the station, uh, no matter what time they are, because it's important to Tolo the appropriate way. But I respect where you are on this, uh, Alec, because... You know, sleep is good. It was more of a shot at at, at Peyton than anything else, and that's yes. what's important here. Yes, very clear. the The company text where where we were taking shots personally <laughs> at Sean and RJ. I would have guessed Greg Popovich if he would have lost last night in Detroit to that team. I thought maybe Pop will retire, but instead Wemby had a triple double in twenty one yeah. minutes. Man, that's, that's predicted. They're uh, they're going all the way. I knew <laughs> well, maybe not. They this still year. should have played that game. It was closer than the game they played at 141 to 105. Golden State is finished. That is. Has Detroit been eliminated already? I, not technically. Okay. Honestly. I'm, logically, they're, yes. Not they're about seven losses away. <laughs> they're three so and 35. Insane. I would say once you get to 42 losses and the best you could do is 40, 40 and 42, 40. you're pretty much done. Kevin, you remember you learned about the extreme DUI? That is extreme tanking right now. Okay, I will crunch the numbers and figure out what their magic number is to get eliminated. Maybe Monty Williams should say, I can't believe you haven't fired me yet. I quit. Now, we're going to talk about a team that still does have a chance to go all the way. Fire off. Cut number two, if you will, because the offense was raining down last night. Fed behind the net, loose puck available there. Bogosian wins the race, but Marchman came over to challenge him. Marchman took the puck away. Sagan scores! Marchman sets up Tyler Sagan for his 16th. 16th goal of the game. <laughs> Actually, it did kind of feel like that. that That's was, what he said, right? Yeah. That was yeah. of the season. Oh. Man, can we play Minnesota every game? Yeah, now, like we get- that is a great question. Because the Dallas Stars victorious last night over the Wild, 7-2. Sweeping the season series versus the Wild, 3-0. And defeating them a combined 19-5. to 
five in the process. Jeez, I didn't know it was 19 to five. All I know is the second goal they scored, I think, was five on zero. All the stars <laughs> went into the penalty box for two minutes and just said, hey, let's see if you guys can score with no defense. And then and Hartman them, did. It took them a minute and three seconds. It, it, they couldn't even do it in three seconds. But I was like, this is really getting to know hockey. <laughs> when it's five on three, I'm thinking to myself, how do you not score five on three? You have two minutes where they are just playing a triangle and yes, praying. Yes, zone defense. Yeah, they're just yes. praying Hoping, yeah, that, like, no is there any way you guys can screw this up? And even Minnesota scored one goal in that situation. Indeed they did. Indeed they did. So victory for the Stars now, as you might have guessed by the score, just about everybody on the roster got a point yesterday, including... Did you see who scored the second goal of the game to make it two to nothing stars? Oh, crap. I didn't see this one. I'm just going to guess Sagan because he had 16. Ooh, who's your favorite stars player? I think it's Matt Duchesne scored that, that goal. The du- oh, I did see that correct. one. I did see that one. He flipped it. He just he gave it a nice little flip. He's yeah. been a, what a wonderful addition to this team. Right in the center. About, it, I don't know, 15 feet from the goal. Maybe 10. Okay, see, you yeah, saw I did, it. You I know. actually did watch that one. Now I didn't see goal six and seven. At five to two with minimal time left. Six I, was the one we just played. Okay. I, that's when, I'm just going to be honest, it was on TNT. I watched quite a bit of it. But at five to two is after they scored the five on three. Yes. And then we went, obviously, then they had a five on four and didn't score on that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the Stars have this one with minimal time left. Yes. And they would t- tag on two more goals. They were victorious. But I was reading an article in the Dallas Morning News and... Essentially, how playing the guitar in country music helped your favorite player fit into the team, Mike. Duchesne? Yes. Number 95. <laughs> He's He is good. I hope we can keep him for a while. I think... I is think, he... I want, can I ask a quick question? Sure. Who's the fastest skater on the Stars? Because I think he is. And if, if you're a bigger star... I'm, I'm sure Hence, there's way bigger stars than... Is. Rope number 24? I think so. Uh, okay. Rope like kind of makes me mad at times. I feel like I he's a, he can be a turnover so. machine. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, he, okay. We're, in, watch, we're, in, we're in black and green tonight, Rope. That's what I want to tell him at times. <laughs> watch just the way that he flies into the zone, and they set up for him to have a head of steam as he goes in the zone. That dude can skate. Now, this is going to start. I thought you would want some background about your favorite player. Maybe All Stars right. fans in general. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. Is he had to go down the Ronnie Lott route Last year, he cut a finger off. Well, he had to cut the tip of his left ring finger off on March 26 because he took a shot into his hand. It immediately sent him into the tunnel. He needed two surgeries and ended his season. And he thought maybe this could be career ending. Ended up picking up with the stars. Oh, and, and he thought losing the tip of his finger would be career ending? And because of the surgeries that went along with it. And Interesting. I, mean, I, I think the concern was the grip of your stick and ability to do that. Stop it, Mike. Man, I'm trying to give trying you to have a, a hockey serious hockey segment, conversation. Mike. This is good. <laughs> I'm learning. Is so more. He was also a guitar player. And so this, as you could probably guess, also impacted his ability to play the guitar. So while he got back into hockey straight away, it took him a little bit longer to start playing the guitar. But that's how he is bonded with so many people on the stars. Because he said, essentially, we had not like a literal campfire, but it was like a campfire setting. 
where everyone was just sitting around <laughs> and he was taking requests. And he says, Jason Robertson is the best singer on the team, or at least in the group that was singing with him. And he was like, man, he can carry a tune pretty good. Corey, when he was playing, would he have to explain that's where the note should be if I had the rest <laughs> no, of the No, I bet he was able to figure it out. <laughs> so He's just probably know able- if, I'm, if I'm missing one of these guitar hero things, you know why. I once had a barber with three fingers, all right? like Oh, no! On both hands. What? Yeah. So he was what were what fingers? so he would hold the hair and accidentally snipped a finger off at one point and he's like I gotta That's go ambidextrous was, and then did it again. He was able to no no he was in the war Mike and he, he lost most of his fingers in the war. <laughs> sure. war the war the war dude and uh, I don't know he was old whenever I got my hair cut uh, and so the but golf he had. Uh, he had two fingers on this hand, and then he had wait, one wait, on this wait. hand. Tell people listening, which hand is this? He had this two hand? fingers on his left. It was his finger and his thumb. Okay. And then he had one finger, on, this, finger. on his <laughs> right hand and kind of like a nub for a thumb. And he could cut. And, he, dude, it was the cleanest cut. And I trusted that dude to do a, a straight blade shave on the back of my neck. Not the front because I didn't have any hair on my face at the time. Let me ask you a question. What? Was this guy always available? Like, was his schedule open no, dude, for you? it was packed. Okay. I guarantee you, ask people that went to that place at Mockingbird and Abrams, it was the best haircut you'd ever get. Uh, they're no longer there, but it was awesome. So, yeah, people with uh, with less fingers can still do great things. The New York Giant. Yeah, Michael Strahan. He has less fingers? I'm just kidding. It was JPP. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were locked in. All right. So Jason Robertson was a great singer, and he said a few months later, the team went to Florida. They went to a live music venue on their day off, and Duchesne volunteered to get on stage and sing Whiskey Glasses by Morgan Wallen in front of his teammates who joined in singing alongside him. And that's why, bam, instantly part of the team culture. I bet you know that song. I don't know that song. Whiskey Glasses? Yeah. You want to sing it for us? I don't. It's I'll like, be very is honest. Is it like women look better with whiskey glasses? Probably. That, I bet. Oh, I'm sense. betting you're going to hear a Morgan Wallen song soon. I think I uh, might have heard. Station. I think I might have heard that song. I'm not too into today's country. I guess. But I think I've heard it. I think it's about like the more whiskey you drink, the better she looks. I mean that's true. Because your standards drop. Has that song never been written before? I feel like. Aren't there like many, many country songs like that? Well, they might Allen. be called beer goggles. Oh my yeah. gosh! All right, so I Mike, one I have night more info about the stars if you want. No, hold on. One night we were at uh, Redneck Heaven with me. Uh, I was there. I think you were there. Is that it was where for they Fan fish? Bowl. It was for Fan Bowl. Like and the minnows. You, you never even called me by my name. Came on, and Kevin had never heard this song. By Hank Williams Jr.? By, well, I mean, it was David Allen Coe. Uh, By David? I knew it was three words. Three names. <laughs> but, like, that, that he You does, and RJ were so mad at me. Yes, and there were other people. Song. Tim was mad at There were other people that were very mad at you uh, for that. And there's a line in there where he says how to make the perfect, perfect uh, country and western song. And being drunk, getting out of prison, your truck. There are lots of, like, there are certain things. So, Kevin, yes, that song probably already has and been written. And that's the one that is like, why do you drink to that's, get drunk? That's Hank yeah. Williams Jr. That's, wait, that's not Hank Williams Jr.? That's Hank Williams Jr., what he just it was, did. It was a different song that Kevin just sang. Is that, that's not the you song? never no. 
even call me by my name. That's Hank Williams Jr. That's no, that's David Allen Co. All right. Back to you guys Don't though. Sorry. Right. Don't ask me, Hank, why do you drink? Okay. That's in the song. Okay. All that's right. Hank Let's, Williams Jr. I think right? Kevin wants to move on. We'll, so we'll move on. We'll figure this out. I'm just trying to figure out the move on part. All right. We'll figure uh, this whatever. out. The stars won. Okay. What kind of a grade? Because ESPN did the grades. You're essentially halfway through oh, no. with the season for the stars. What kind of a grade would you give the stars for the first half of the season? I would give the stars an A minus right now. Okay. I mean, because there have been some big teams, some things that they need to get over and some moments that they've had, but they're still a very good damn playoff team. And especially, especially with some key injuries. We talked about Ottinger has been out. Now Miro is out. That is more recent, but Ottinger, he posted an 880 save percentage, which is terrible in November and December. Then he got hurt. And they have still kept up. They're 24, 11, and 5. So I would give them a B minus. Oh, wow. I came into this season thinking they were Stanley Cup contenders, and they're not. You think they're gonna make the playoffs? Winnipeg, Colorado, Vancouver, and Vegas are better than those guys. If so that puts you out in the first round. Now, maybe because the playoffs don't make any sense to me in the NHL, they just randomly I think they draw it out of a hat. Here's the eight playoff teams, and then they randomly say you who you're playing. You could very well play Colorado, yes. I don't think right now, as is, they get out of the first round. Now, it doesn't mean they can't, but you're asking me right now yeah. today, I'm saying B to B minus because I've seen them play Colorado live. I've seen them play Winnipeg. I've seen them play Vegas multiple times. I've seen them play Vancouver. They can't beat those teams in a seven-game series. And to me, I thought that they were going to arguably be the best team in the Western Conference, and they're the fifth best team in the Western Conference. I don't care about that they have two more points in Vegas. They played Vegas in a playoff series. They're getting shellacked. I think it'd be a five-game series. So that that is interesting. I, I appreciate that I appreciate that insight is ESPN did give them an A minus for the first half. Drop them from the first quarter. They had them at an A. I would probably meet somewhere in the middle between you two because I was thinking probably B or B plus. I, I might be leaning more towards B because I think I'm also they have like a little bit of Mav syndrome going on. I know they won the last one against a high pressure opponent, but they have struggled against big time opponents. But the fact that they've done this a lot without Ottinger, the fact that they just picked up another win last night without Miro is still very impressive to me. I guess my big concern still is, like, making it through this. It's a, it's a tough season. Like, it's For a sure. long season. Making it through healthy and getting to the other side of the playoffs and still and maybe even being at your healthiest, that looks like it's going to be difficult. And, yeah, to your point, like we said, about midway through the season, you've already lost two yeah. of your best what? Four, uh, maybe five or six players for a prolonged period of time. So, yeah, that is absolutely a concern. We're the KNC masterpiece right here. Yeah, on I'm confused on this Hank Williams Jr. thing. You were thinking, Kevin sang Family Tradition by Hank Williams Did Jr. I, uh, I was singing David Allen Coe's You Never Even Call Me By My Name. They were two different songs. That's what I was trying to explain. They sound similar, though, they, honestly. I, well, when you guys did well, it, Mike, it, it almost it feels I was similar. Kind of, that's kind of the point that Kevin made is, hasn't that country song already been written? <laughs> there you go.
We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. There's your star slash country music talk. You're welcome. Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, and maybe 90s hip-hop. I don't know. We might mix it all up together in every segment today. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan right now, brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? I'm good. Can I mark Stefan Gilmore off the list of concerns because he said, I'll pl- I've played through worse, whatever it takes, getting strong, he'll put on a harness, whatever. It sounds like he's like, I'm going to play no matter what on Sunday. It sounds very cur- encouraging, right? Uh, you know, after the game, uh, you know, on the flight back home, uh from what I heard, it sounded encouraging. And then Jerry was very encouraged, but he would always be encouraged, right? Sure. Uh, and then when you hear it from McCarthy and then Gilmore, too, uh, I would say there's a good chance uh, that he plays. Now, again, it's it's Thursday, and you got a couple more days to go, and you never know uh, what might happen. But, yeah, he sounded very intent uh, that he would be able to play in this game. And that's a good thing because – you know, their depth at the cornerback position is, is not great. Um, as a matter of fact, I was I was talking with Nashawn Wright yesterday who came in for Gilmore when he got hurt, right, in the Washington game. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to go right after the backup, right? They're going to just throw right at him. Same. Uh, and they didn't. I mean, he said they, they – he said, I think they threw maybe one time my way the whole time he played there in the, it was the second half. uh, And and I was like, I said, did that surprise you? And I said, or maybe you were covering so well that they didn't bother going your way. And he he said, all I know is when I came in uh, for him for a play or two against Miami, the first thing they did was put Tyreek Hill on my side and threw right at him. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about depth on the outside. Uh, this morning we had Mike Florio on and he, uh, Sean and RJ did, and he was kind of discussing, uh, Bill Belichick and, and some things there. And I just saw this from Jane Slater. How's this productive? Also, the culture's never been better in that locker room. And I was just wanting to get your thoughts on the Cowboys locker room and the culture that McCarthy's built and, and how those guys are working together. Yeah, I think it's been pretty good. I think, um, you know, if you just look at the type of, uh, player they have, and not meaning uh, physical player, uh, but just the type of person they have in that locker room. And um, there's really not, you know, maybe, I don't know, one or two knuckleheads. Uh, the rest of them are pretty, you know, Who are those, Mickey? Guys. I'm sorry, who did you say those were? <laughs> well, I'm going to let you guess, because I bet you can come up with one, right? Sam Williams. There you go. Okay. I thought uh, Sam Williams was delightful. He is delightful, but you understand. He is delightful. A few years ago, Lyle a, Collins was a knucklehead. <laughs> he has he has a tendency to, uh, you know, make a, a slip up or two, right? Sure. Like they've been, but it's been a pretty no. It's been a pretty good locker room. Yes. Uh, and I think what Mike McCarthy, when he was talking about it, uh, was talking about how the veterans have to bring in the rookie class, the draft class and integrate them into the team because you're going to need those guys uh, to be able to produce. Uh, 
uh, going down the road in a long season. And they've got a lot of young guys uh, that stepped up this year. I know it's not this uh, draft class, but Jake Ferguson probably made you forget about Dalton Schultz, right? For sure. Uh, And and I think they still feel like there's, there's stuff to get out of Peyton Hendershot uh, after he got back from the injury. So there's some young guys, TJ Bass, right? Rookie free agent. And he steps in and you didn't miss. It seemed like Tyler Smith and Tyler Smith should be missed because um, I don't remember if I said it yesterday or not, but uh, on the NFL PA all pro team, the Cowboys two guards were first team all pro on the players voting uh, for that team. So uh, to step in for him the way he's been playing that's a pretty good deal the same thing with Brock Hoffman okay I'm glad that you said that because I wanted to stop on that and see where we are in the I know McCarthy said he was limited in practice yesterday how the progression of Tyler Smith is looking and then as you were just kind of talking about it not that you feel okay but do you feel a little better knowing that TJ Bass could potentially be there yeah, I, I think he's had a couple times that he's had to step in, and for the most part, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, and if and if you look at, you know, where they were running, it was between the tackles uh, in that game, and they really didn't give up uh, much pressure on Dak. He didn't get sacked, right? He didn't have to run out of the pocket uh, to, you know, save from getting sacked. Uh, so the guys in the middle, and by the way, that includes Tyler Biotish, and I know he's the guy everybody wants to pick on, uh, but uh, go find yourself better centers uh, at this point uh, in a season. So I think between the three of those guys in the middle, they did a really good job in this last game. And Tyler Smith, progression-wise, how are we feeling? Um, yeah, I think we got to see. I mean, I, I think it's a step in the right direction if he practices it on a limited basis. But you don't know how much was limited, right? Was it limited that he didn't take all the snaps uh, in the sessions that he should be in? Or was he limited because, well, I don't know how much he can do, right? Uh, so I think that one still is uh, to be seen. Uh, at this point, uh, Zach, Ma- Zach Martin said, yeah, he's good. Uh, but he uh, somewhat emphasized when we were chatting with him to the side uh, that he was pretty darn sick on Sunday. We had some significant names leaving the NFL yesterday. Well, and yeah. I guess college football as well uh, yesterday, Mickey. And just kind of looking at this, I just feel like it's kind of like quarterbacks that have been there for so long. You just assume that quarterback play is going to stay at that level or you just, you know, you get used to those names being involved. What are your thoughts on like the guys like Carroll and, and Belichick being moved on from with their, with their respective teams? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Carroll, that one surprised me because I thought he did a pretty good job coaching this year, but maybe, you know, the fact that they kind of promoted him to an advisory role, maybe he just, kind of said to himself, you know what, I just can't do this anymore. And and who knows, you know, they may have to have told him, okay, we're moving on, right? Uh, but, you know, he's done a heck of a job. Uh, and then the Belichick thing, I think, you know, for somewhat the writing's been on the wall these last three or four years. Uh, and maybe uh, he was trying to do too much. You know, maybe it got to the point where coaching and kind of being the ad hoc general manager – uh, and making all the personnel decisions, uh, you know, started to uh, over overwhelm him. So 
but again, you know, when you look at uh, and, and Saban aside in the NFL, when you look at some of these guys uh, that got dismissed, go tell me who the quarterback is. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, you know, the only guy that I think got d- dismissed was the Chargers. And, you know, Justin Hay- Herbert's pretty good. But the rest of those guys, if you take that job, you're going to have to solve the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's definitely a tough thing to do. And as for Saban, uh, yeah, I thought he would he would coach to, you know, 80 years old that he would never give up. Uh, <laughs> but sounds like he did. He did, Kevin. Well, I mean, in supposedly the current state of college football, he he's did, he's he in the office today, it. though, helping out. He's there right now. Well, think, of, yeah, think about that too. Uh, and it it dawned on me, and it's like I don't know that you know he had his one year at Miami in the NFL, uh, and he didn't like it. But I was thinking yesterday, I'm going, you know, if he takes an NFL job, he doesn't have to worry about recruiting 18 year old kids. He doesn't have to worry about NILs. He doesn't have to worry about the portal. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to worry uh, about guys being academically ineligible, although that doesn't happen anymore, does it, uh, for some reason. Uh, I got and, a story and, and he, for you about that, about college basketball later, about that exact thing that's really interesting. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear it because I have not seen a football player get listed as academically ineligible, right? Yes. Um, and especially if they're getting paid in NIL, who's ever paying them probably won't let that happen oh, either, yeah. by the way. Oh, for sure. Uh, your tutors. But, but just think, uh, you know, it, it, it might be an easier job in Here's the NFL the than it is in college right now. And the way colleges are playing head coach, paying head coaches, uh, it's not a bad gig. Are you telling me that you're leaving DallasCowboys.com to go what are you become doing? a college coach? <laughs> I just wanted to check. What if that was breaking Man, news? that would be an amazing story. Well, if they want to make me head coach, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I like it. I like that idea. I, I'm in on that as well. All right, well. As, as long as you come on with us daily. Yeah. You still have to have to hang out with us on a daily basis. That's, that's a deal. All right. Okay. Well, Boy, wouldn't that be amazing? How huh? you get the head coach every day? Yeah. Coming up next, Dallas Cowboys insider and new Alabama coach. It's Mickey Spagnola. That would be that would be awesome. All right. Thank you very much, good sir. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. So be ready with that prediction. I'll sleep on it. I don't know if he means he will. That. He will. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now he, keeps he has word. to sleep. Yeah. That is true. Is I didn't get a chance. I mentioned it, but I didn't get to like dive into this story yesterday about. Shohei Otani is out in California. I believe their comptroller or whatever their equivalent of that is. <laughs> that sounds so made up. I know. What is a comptroller? Is it? A, it is a police officer that's no, on patrol. No, no, they're like the person. They control who, the comps. They that's control all I... like the purse strings and everything for the government, it, or that specific government. All right, so she has requested that California change their tax code to put a cap. Hold on. I'm not suggesting this, I'm listening to the socialist state right now and seeing what they want. Not socialist, sorry, democratic. To cap the deferred payments because, as you talked about in the past, is Otani's deal, the way it's set up to defer those payments, assuming he won't be in California at the time, could save him $98 million dollars per the California Center for Jobs and Economy. And so that's why people in the state are like, 
Hold on just a second. Yeah. So we're losing all of this money because of a tax loophole. Do you think there's any chance that this will work? And if you're Shohei Otani, can't you argue, I already signed my contract? Yeah, he signed it in 23. This was no law in 2023. If you make this a law in 2024, 2030, because I have all that deferred money, I'm still not going to get till, what, 2034 it starts right? or whatever? Correct. I would feel like if you made a law like that, your lawyers would argue, that's great. That's a new law. If we re-sign with the L.A. Dodgers in 2034, we now know the deferred money is going to be taxed tremendously in California. Yep. But we signed it in 2023 when we signed this based off of the laws in 2023. You can't now change the law on me and tax me for a contract I signed before this was in law. That's what I would think, but... California loves taking all your money. And that's why we have so many uh, places that are from California moving to Texas so that they can do proper business. And, and that might be just a springboard. Like Otani might just be the person who's like, well, this is why we got to change it. We might not get his money, but maybe we can get true. future athletes. To your money. point, true, because I guess it's a little bit different because there's there is a salary cap in football and there is a salary cap in basketball is that if you were Steph Curry, maybe your next contract, you say, you know what? My next contract is $2 million a year with $58 million deferred per year. Right. And now you're getting $60 million, but you know that he might live in California anyways. Like, Shohei's like, I'm not going to live in California after my baseball career is over. I'm going to live in Japan. I. I don't know if Curry's moving back to the East Coast yeah, when his I'm career sure is either. over. I, I don't know his his life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, I guess. At the same time, there's a reason that, like, golfers don't like living in California. I mean, literally, they're like, this, this is not the place, even though they'd love to live in California. California, beautiful weather, great weather, probably the best weather in the United States of America. But... Yeah. They do certain things because they are Hollywood. They tax actors, actresses, entertainers. It's an entertainment tax that they have sure. that I believe no other state in the United States of America has this. I believe it's a 13% entertainment. 13.1%. That you have to, if you play on the Dodgers, Lakers, whoever it is, you have to pay because they have Hollywood there and they feel like they can extract as much money as they can from you. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for baseball and tax nuggets with Mike Bassick. Well, unbeknownst to all of us Ranger fans, MLB Network announced Jonah Himes' retirement last night. Next. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings in Frisco off of Preston if you want to come and hang out with us. There will also be a ticket giveaway from Miller Lite for Cowboys playoff tickets, but you got to register. We'll be there from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. if you want to come check us out off of Preston in Frisco. Right now, some for baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak. All right, so if you heard my tease, MLB Network last night announced Jonah Heim's retirement. <laughs> Obviously, I was teasing, but the tease is they did the top 10 catchers right now, and we talked about it yesterday, it. and I thought Jonah Heim would finish third. To be honest, I thought it would be Adley Rushman and Will Smith one and two, and then I thought Jonah Heim would be third. Now, why did I think this? I guess I'm a moron because – 
He was the starting all-star in the American League. And then he won the gold glove. And then he won the World Series, catching every game for the Texas Rangers. Literally every playoff game they never felt like, and I understand, they never felt like, we need to give them a day off. We need to – they're like, look, we know that you're tired. but And, and Jonah's like, I'm going to fight through this. And he was fighting through an injury uh, in September slash October. I don't know how perfect the injury became, like as in how healed the injury became. But healed enough that he could play. At one point, he couldn't even switch hit. It's like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to switch hit with my injury. But they ended up – not putting him on the top 10 list at all. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. For the dude who won the American League Gold Glove, the starting all-star, and the guy who had big hit after big hit. I rewatched game six, by the way, uh, this morning against the Houston Astros. Yes. Obviously not against the Diamondbacks. We didn't have to play six That's games. right. Is Jonah Heim had so many big hits, too, in the Houston Astros series. And if you remember, had a big hit in game five, the clinching game of the World Series. That didn't matter at all. In fact, it didn't matter because number 10, Gabriel Moreno, who is an up-and-coming stud in Major League Baseball. I'm not trying to knock him. He's number 10 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He wasn't even in the major leagues all year last year. Like, I mean, I'm, I think he's going to be a future all-star and a really good player. But number 10 on the list is Moreno, the catcher for Arizona. I wasn't upset with him being number 10 at the time. I actually watched this live. I was flipping between this and flipping between the Dallas Stars game. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. I get there. They're going to put an up-and-comer on the list. And a guy who had a very good second half, a guy who was the catcher of the National League champion Arizona Diamondbacks. Boy, I tell you what, when they announced him, they seemed to give him credit for being such a young catcher. And you know what? They gave him credit for helping a staff get to the World Series. So I'm like, makes all the sense in the world. This is why, I'm putting, yeah. so I'm putting Jonah Heim at three because he actually helped the team win the World Series. Win the MLB Network. In fact, do they even know that Al Leiter's son is Jack Leiter in the Texas Rangers organization? Because I think they're just totally ignoring the Texas Rangers on that uh, station. Next was Cal Raleigh for the Seattle Mariners. Now, all right, no problem that he's in the top 10. He led the... All of baseball for catchers with 30 home runs. You know, he had 75 RBIs. You know, he had 20 more RBIs. Jonah Heim. Heim In fact, Jonah Heim had 95 RBIs last year in 131 games. The next two RBI guys that were catchers were Adley Rushman, who they named number one, and Salvador Perez, who's more of a DH now than he is a catcher. He does still catch some, but he's more of a designated hitter than he is a catcher. They both had 80 RBIs. That was second. That was tied for second. Jonah Heim had 15 more RBIs than any catcher in all of baseball last year and wasn't on the list. Cal Raleigh, though, was. I say, uh, just say Diaz, the catcher for Houston. He was so good, the Houston Astros said, you can't catch in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They caught Candy Maldonado back there from the 1987 (laughs) San Francisco Giants. So... Martin Maldonado, they trusted him more in the playoffs than Yanni. I say Yanni, but I guess it's Yanir Diaz. I think they call Oh, Yanni's the, is that the yeah. first baseman? Yanir Diaz. Okay. He finished in the top 10, and they didn't trust him to catch in the playoffs. I just want to make this clear. The Houston Astros said, no, 
Martin Maldonado, who can't hit to save his life, is going to catch these playoff games because we don't believe Diaz is a good enough catcher yet. In fact, even John Smoltz, who hates the Texas Rangers, said they think he's the future guy. They just don't believe that he's ready to handle the staff yet in a playoff environment. Handle the staff, the pitching staff. Yes. Being able to communicate with them. And calling the right pitches, just making sure that you're putting together great sequences. That The pitcher on the mound believes that this young kid behind the home plate knows what he's doing in these situations. They said, we are going to have... Martin Maldonado to be nice to him. Calming pitchers down. Go 0 for 4 every game, and hopefully they hit him with a pitch. That was the hope for Martin Maldonado. He's so big that maybe the the catcher, maybe the pitcher will accidentally hit him. And in game six, we accidentally did as he stuck the pad out there, his elbow pad to get hit. That's the only way you could get on base. But not Jonah Heim. He's not as good as the backup catcher for the Houston Astros. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Alejandro Kirk who I will not say what I said in the meeting about Alejandro Kirk, but he's not as good as Jonah. Okay, Hyde. all right, agreed. And then we have the brothers. Just real quick, for Kirk, and if you're going off of just, let's just say even offensive war, yeah. he's a whole point or a whole one behind Jonah Hyde, 1.9 to 2.9. That, that's I, crazy. And then you have William Contreras, who was fifth, Wilson Contreras, who was sixth. It's not even close. When I say... Marino, Raleigh, Diaz, Kirk, and the Contreras brothers. It's not close. Jonah Heim at worst should be fifth on this list. This is, I feel like MLB Network should quit this list right now and say, we're very sorry, we're not doing shortstops tonight. Because at this point, I'm not sure if Corey Seager is a top 10 shortstop in Major League Baseball. They might just leave all, that's what I hope at this point. (laughs) I hope that all Rangers are left off the list. There's... When they go to right field, they're like, we don't even know who Adolis Garcia is. Yeah, he was. When they uh, go to second base, they're like, I don't know who finished third in MVP voting. Who gives a crap? <laughs> you know, like he won a Gold Glove and finished third in MVP voting. Out of here, MVP of the World Series, leader of the team, second in MVP voting. No, I've never heard of this guy. So I just, I like your other your other thought that they should <laughs> they should come on air tonight and apologize. Yeah, they and should redo apologize yes. <laughs> to start the shortstop list. They should apologize and redo this list. <laughs> And worst case scenario, JT Realmuto, who's been like a top two, top three catcher in baseball for a good five years, I would say. They have him now down to fourth. If you want it, when they had Sean Murphy at third, that's when I threw, I literally threw my hat off watching the show. And I went, oh my God, I forgot about Sean Murphy. They're leaving Jonah Heim off this list. Because I knew Will Smith, who had been with the Dodgers for a while, everyday catcher. And I knew Adley Rushman was going to be on the list. And I'm like, sure. Oh my God. They left Jonah Heim off the whole list. And I just, JT Romuto, I can understand putting him ahead of Jonah Heim for his career work. I know this is right now, but I get it. I get Romuto, I get Sean Murphy, I get Will Smith, and I get Adley Rushman. I'm not saying that it's the perfect list if Jonah Heim was fifth. I would have him third. But I don't see how they put the Contreras brothers, Alejandro Kirk, my God. A backup catcher who's going to start for the first time in his life in Houston, Diaz. Cal Raleigh in the same division. Who I get it, man. He hit home runs. What else? I saw a lot of people complaining that Cal Raleigh was too low, but nothing close to the Jonah Heim complaints. And then Marino, who's going to, he had a great second half. I understand he's on the top 10 list. 
you got to knock him down then. But I'm not putting Jonah Heim 10. He has to be five. He's five or better. He's better than the Contreras brothers. Like, this is, this was insane last night. I can't believe I did a whole segment yesterday sounding as stupid as I did, MLB Network, <laughs> saying that I think Jonah Heim's going to finish third. Maybe he could be first because I thought, well, I mean, how much credit do you give him for the World Series run? And the other thing, too, is he's considered one of the best framers in the league. Like, he turns balls into strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the best, I think, in baseball, and I'm sorry, if he's not the best, he's up there. I just know at some point during the year they would talk about that on the broadcast on how Jonah Heim is great at framing because when you look at this thing that they do, that Jonah Heim's the best, he wins the gold glove. He was the starting all-star. Then his team goes on and wins the World Series, and he has key hit after key hit in that situation and catching a great game, calling a great game. And they're like, nah, not top ten. But Alejandro Kirk is. Mm-hmm. I saw numerous. Okay. And, they, and Alejandro Kirk's not bad, but he's not close. Like this, if you called up right now Ross Atkins, uh, the general manager of Toronto, and said, hey, we want Alejandro Kirk for, and we'll give you Jonah Heim. Unfortunately, that trade would be made in less than one second. From the. Two one four MLB Network should be embarrassed, and from the four six nine, was it on purpose or trying to drive up comments and reactions? I saw multiple people go, "I'm sorry, I thought you were putting out a real list, not just trying to get engagement." And people seem behind that. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.